Our scripture lesson is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to my wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets, and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wearing a wedding robe? And he, and he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. And let us pray. O oh, Holy God, send your spirit to us again this day, that you might take up residence within our hearts and within our lives, that in these moments you might continue to speak to us your word of truth and love and grace. Help us, O oh God, by your power and mercy, not to miss it. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, friends, the question I invite us to consider today is this. Do we take seriously the role invitation is meant to play in the life of faith? The invitations that we receive from God and are called to respond to and the invitations regarding the life of faith that God desires for us to extend to others. Do we take seriously the role invitation is meant to play in the life of faith? In another church where I once served a wonderful congregation, a church not all that different than ours. One year, we decided to have a bring a friend to church Sunday. And so for months, we prepared for this big day. The elders talked and prayed about it. I wrote a special sermon to welcome them and embody God's love for them. We had a sign out front, special word of welcome in the bulletin, all kinds of extra food waiting for up for all the guests in the fellowship hall. With anticipation and energy, we prepared for it. We looked forward to that first ever in that church, bring a friend to church Sunday. The church was about half the size of ours. Would you care to make a guess on how many people brought a friend to church on that big day? Maybe 100, maybe 10. 
Well, with all love to the precious members of that church who I still dearly love, here's how many we brought. Zero. I can't begin to tell you the dismay and the disappointment as I sat up front and I recognized every single family in the church. There were no guests. There were no friends that had been brought. The sermon I had planned to preach that day, I set aside. And I did my best to preach another. And I've wondered ever since, was it that the invitations were never extended? Or that the people who were invited just chose not to come? I imagine it was a combination of both. The famous evangelist Billy Graham often talked about the moment of decision. He held crusades during his ministry, large spirit-filled services in places like Yankee Stadium. And at the end of those services, there would always be an invitation. An invitation for folks to come forward if they were able and to make a commitment to Christ, a commitment to following him, to serving him, to living as his disciple. He called it a moment of decision. And what I wonder is, in your life, have you had a moment of decision? Not in a sense of saying, I have 50 tasks on my to-do list for this week, and I'm going to add following Christ as one of those 50. I mean it in the sense of I'm going to say yes to making following Christ the foundation of my life. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had a moment of decision? This morning's parable in Matthew's gospel begins as a pretty straightforward story about a king inviting people to come to his son's wedding banquet. And Jesus says that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. The servants of the king, they go out to invite people to come to his son's wedding. The invitations likely go to other members of the nobility, the upper crust, the landowners. Surprisingly, they decline. The text says they would not come. The king then sends a second group of servants of slaves to extend the invitation in hopes of making it even more compelling, even more motivating. Details of what will be on the menu and of all the preparations that have been made are described. The text says those who have now received the invitation a second time made light of it. They did not take it seriously. They did not see its importance. One went to his farm. The other went to tend to his business. And here's where the parable takes an unexpected and violent turn. Here's where it all goes sideways. The others who have been invited seize the slaves. They mistreat them. They kill them. The king is enraged and in response kills them. The king then sends out his slaves a third time, this time to the main streets. 
Those are the streets that most of us live on. They go and gather all of them. They could find the good and the bad, the parable says, and they come. And the banquet hall for the wedding is filled. And the parable concludes with the most unexpected part of the story of all, where the king spots a guest in the crowd who's not dressed properly for the occasion. He's not wearing a wedding robe. And of course, why would he be? He had not received a save-the-date card. He had been given little time to prepare. He'd been beckoned from the field where he was working to come. No time for a, a shower and a change to an outfit more foot and more fitting for the event. And the king throws him out and casts him into darkness. Many scholars would say that the wedding robe which the guest lacked refers to the garment of Christ. That's the deeper spiritual point Jesus is getting at. The garment of Christ which those who take Christ's call seriously are urged to put on. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul writes, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have also clothed yourselves in Christ. And in Colossians, he says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, meekness, and patience. In other words, Jesus is saying there is an expectation that being a Christian, a Jesus follower, will make a difference and be obvious in the way that we live our lives. We are called to live lives that don't just prioritize our faith, as important as that is, but reflect our faith to those around us, to be people who are clothed with the love and the presence and the spirit of Christ. In the final words of the passage, maybe you notice them. Many are called, but few are chosen. And what the text is getting at here is that many are called, we're all called, but few choose. Few choose. It's not that we don't make the cut to be on the team, like a high school student trying out for baseball or softball. A spot has been reserved for us. A uniform with our name on it has been prepared. The team is in need of the talents and the passions that we bring. But we decline. We invest our energy and attention elsewhere. Many are called, Jesus says, but few choose. So, friends, what I wonder is, have you chosen? Have you chosen to take seriously the role invitation is meant to play in the life of faith? The invitations that we receive from God and are called to respond to and the invitations regarding the life of faith that God desires for us to extend to others. The intensity of this parable and harsh consequences of refused invitations reminds us that living out our faith is a matter of urgency and importance. 
The parable reminds us of God's broad, persistent, and generous invitation. The king does not desire to be at the party alone. Instead, he keeps extending invitations to everyone around so that the wedding feast will be a rich array of people from every corner of the city. In the same way, the invitation toward faith and faithful living is extended to us insistently and persistently for us to accept and to relay to others. It's extended to the good and the bad, those with power and position, as well as those who live on the main streets. And so according to this parable, what does greatness look like? in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. It's the question that we've kept coming back to during this season of Lent. What does greatness look like in the kingdom of heaven? It means to respond decisively to the invitations that God extends to us. The invitation to receive God's love and forgiveness in our lives. It means to put on the garment of Christ and to clothe ourselves with the holiness and the obedience of Christ. The world already has plenty of lukewarm and half-hearted believers. God's looking for more who will be all in. And it means to extend invitations on behalf of God to others. Invitations come to church, to discover God's love, to be part of a community of faith, invitations to join with us in the ministry of healing and redemption that our world is so in need of. You see, God is the first and the great inviter. God's invitations are meant to shape and form and strengthen us into the people we are meant to be. They're meant to shape and form us into the image of Christ, those who wear the garment of Christ. God's invitations begin with inviting all that is into being and into relationship with him. At the dawn of creation, God extends an invitation God says, let there be light. Let there be. Let there be plants of every sort growing on the earth. Let there be birds in the air and fish in the waters. Let there be humankind made in my image. Let there be male and female. The entire story of scripture is a story of God inviting relationships. God invited Abraham and Sarah Moses and David, Rebecca and Rachel. God invited the prophets, fishermen, tax collectors, outcasts, women, men, crowds, betrayers, liars, children. God invited them to know him and to be with him. And God's invitations go out to us again and again. Everyone is equally and uniquely invited into God's world, into God's heart, 
There is no tribe or family or group that is excluded. And God keeps on inviting. Just when we think God has pretty good reason to tire of us or give up on us, God doesn't. God instead invites us. And God keeps on inviting us. And so the question I invite you to take home with you today and to prayerfully wrestle with all day and in the week ahead is, do we take seriously the role that invitation is meant to play in the life of faith? The invitations that we receive from God and are called to respond to and the invitations regarding the life of faith that God desires for us to extend to others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.